Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Earl's here. Uh, welcome back. Oh, thank you. I noticed thank no uh, cast or anything, so skiing must have been successful. Yeah, it was fine. I, <laughs> I know you were hoping. Oh, man. I was not hoping. Uh, we are uh, going to start with Gypsy Rose Blanchard. I got to tell you, this story um, has just captivated people that she is now a free woman. And a lot of people are saying she's a free woman after seven years in prison. I would argue. She's a free woman for the first time in her life. life. Because of what she endured with her mother. Yep. Uh, and of course she is now free and really, um, like you said, I, I, there are all these signs of how she is suddenly living her life. Uh, some of them probably seem very mundane to most of us, but for her. I'm into the mundane part of this because if you think about it, when you're in prison for seven years, um, you gotta be thinking like, what what do I what do I crave just in terms of food? What do mm -hmm. I crave um, that I want when I get out? We now have an answer to that. I'm a little surprised, maybe that she uh, went for McDonald's. Yeah, a like little millions bit. and millions and millions of. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just right. saying if you have seven years to think about it, I, I, that wouldn't she necessarily a, be my go-to. She but. hit up a drive-through with her husband. Uh, you, you know, now interestingly, they chose McDonald's. Over Burger King. Burger King was right next door. You can see Burger King sign in the background, but- um, Is McDonald's gonna use this? Should they use this? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, another thing that she is doing that, again, definitely seems mundane to most of us these days, taking a selfie, but that's a big deal for her. Um, posted her first uh, post-prison life selfie. And can clearly, I, I, other signs, she's just enjoying life. Can maybe. I just say, you know, there have been so many images of her and images where her mom forced her to play this game, right. that she was ill, that she had brain damage and all this. When you look at this picture, aside from the fact that she's really, really pretty, um, that she looks, it looks like there is happiness in her face. There's a weight off of her. You know, yeah, don't you feel that as you're looking at it? Someone who feels like she's starting life. Oh, she is ecstatic, you guys. Um, and, you know, here's the big thing. She is going on with normal life. And this photo that you guys are seeing, it appears to be in a hotel room where she was staying right after she got released. And there's a bunch of reports that she is currently on her way to Kansas City, which, if you remember, we broke the story that the first plan of business, she wants to go to a Chiefs game in Kansas City, which is on the 31st, to see Taylor Swift, her idol, somebody that uh, she listened to her music during the time that she was in prison. This is what helped her get through prison. And she's enjoying her life, trying to be a normal person, but as normal as you can be with the circumstances that I she went through. I would love, love, love to know what Taylor Swift thinks of this. Because yeah. look, this is a controversial <laughs> thing. She was involved in the murder Whatever. of her mother. Um, and you know she has paid the price for that. But you look at what her mother did to her and you've got to feel compassion for her. I mean, I just don't understand anybody who could not feel yeah. compassion for what she went through. And even though it's complicated, I wonder how Taylor Swift feels about it because in so many ways, Gypsy Rose is a victim. And, and, yet and I'm sure Taylor Swift knows, has heard this right. already, because uh, it was months ago when we did the story about how she feels about Taylor Swift. Um, I would be shocked if we ever hear Taylor Swift address it. Because it is too controversial. It's just one of those things that she wouldn't normally weigh in on. But, but, but uh, I don't think Taylor Swift is afraid 
of showing emotion to somebody she connects with. And I don't know, maybe she doesn't connect with her at all. Maybe you're right that it's just corporately, yeah. it's too bad, it's, it's, it's too dicey for her brand. I don't know. But I've got this vision of the two of them meeting no, at no, the no, game. No, 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 no. I mean, obviously, I, Charlie, I mean, I'm sure that's what Gypsy would love to see happen, but. And you know, I was told uh, by sources around Gypsy that Gypsy's actually considering either tweeting at Taylor or Instagramming something on her Instagram to Taylor to try to get her attention at the game if Taylor shows up, because her goal is to meet Taylor. Like, she is a huge, huge Swifty. And, and I get it, but, but I'd also but say she get also in knows line. it's a, lo like, a long shot, yeah. yeah. So like, how many. Thousands of people at, who go to Chiefs games are hoping that they're going to bump into Taylor. Well, I will say this, that at the next at the Chiefs game this weekend, there are two people in the stands you're going to be looking at, Taylor Swift and Gypsy Rose. Absolutely. <laughs> and mean, by the way, you guys, she has already kind of had something public since getting released from prison. She had a huge welcome home party that appeared to be thrown by her family. She has a huge support system. Obviously, she's married to her Ryan. Dad. But uh, her, her dad and stepmom. Yeah, she posed with Rod, her father, who's been very supportive during her time that she's been incarcerated. Uh, that's Christy, her stepmom, and then her stepsister, Mia, was also there. <laughs> Gypsy was spraying, as you see, champagne. So she is just loving life. Hey, it's Pez in Nashville. I just wanted to say, I know how profoundly music can affect your life when you're going through stress. I was displaced by an arsonist in Hartford, Connecticut, who set a car on fire underneath the building I lived in. I ended up homeless and carless. I played the Rodney Atkins song, Going Through Hell, probably a hundred times. And I was lucky enough to get to know Sam Tate, who wrote it, and tell him what that song did for me. I think it would do a world of good because most artists and most writers don't really grasp the level of connection that people have on an individual level. And I think it would be good for both Taylor and Gypsy Rose if they did end up connecting. Who knows? I, Who knows? I'm actually kind of excited to watch this to see if there's any. <laughs> no, because it would it would be an amazing moment. You were going to watch for the game anyway. Okay. It's, I get the subtext, dude. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on. Yes, moving on to Cardi B and Offset. Are they back together or aren't they? There and who, and who even are you going to believe at this point? And Cardi is saying they're not back together. She is insisting they're not back together. Well, she insisted the other day. But our eyes tell us something different uh, because they're both in New York City. And this fan who took this photo uh, with Offset also took one with Cardi. They're in the same store. So the fact that the, did the fan just... Is coincidence that Cardi and are in the same store in New York City? And it's not like it was a, during Christmas, because remember, during Christmas they were together and it probably was right. because they, they were a family the and you know, right. yeah, their kids and everything else. And then and then this meme came up where they somebody suggested they were coming back together and then somebody commented, don't believe, don't believe what you're seeing. And Cardi liked that, meaning right. they're not back together. But now we see this and it's after Christmas and they're at and a they're store. And they're still together in New York City going out someplace. So what the heck's going on here? So I'm one of those people that like hates to admit when they're wrong, but I was for <laughs> sure one of the people saying, oh, you know, they're just hanging out for the kids, but honestly, there's no way because one, they're literally going out of their way to hide the fact that they're in the same city, yeah. that they're in the same store, at the same restaurants. So that to me just says like, you know, we don't want the public to know that we're hanging out because of all the backlash Cardi will get. And I'm saying Cardi specifically because she's the one that posted that video going off, completely off on Offset. 
She got the whole world behind her. Cardi's fans were literally cursing Offset, saying his album would not do well, standing behind her. And then only for her to continue hanging out with him, continue being in, in these spaces with him. People are, are not believing them that they're, that they're broken up or that they ever broke up. They think this is a, pu a publicity stunt. And now Cardi and Offset are the, the couple that cried wolf. So if they ever do break up, no one's gonna believe it. I gotta ask you something. Are people really saying this is a publicity stunt? Because I think there's something authentic yeah, going on here where Cardi was really done no, I mean, in her head. No, I mean, video. She, if Cardi was acting in that video where she's crying and she's going acting. No, I don't think it's acting. The thing that people are saying is, yes, they did have some issues. Yes, they did have problems. They think that they had already gone and gotten over those problems. But when Cardi posted that video, it was around Offset's birthday. And they think that he did something specific that triggered her to make that video. Obviously, she got over it because, like you said, they yeah. spent Christmas together the day after Christmas, which also kind of was like, uh, OK, you didn't need to do the right, day after right. Christmas but that, that, together. Then, then it's not a publicity stunt, it's just that she's waffling on what to do. Right. Is that she's no, sharing people were saying what, that, no, Offset had, that. Offset had new music coming out, he had his new album. People were saying oh, that I they did this to that. get him back into, that, the, yeah. into the news to promote the album. I, I, I'm not buying that. That's I, not I, the way I, you promote an album. I think, I think but. I, there is maybe a codependency thing going on or something, but I think, look, Sometimes people say, I want to be with you, I don't want to be with you, I want to be with and you, and you fine. go back and forth. And that's fine. The only thing that I would say Cardi is guilty of is, is oversharing. Doing it publicly. Right. Yeah. Right. Obviously, you're, you, they're going to have their issues or whatever, but once you start sharing it, then you have, your fans are so rabid, Cardi, they're going to ride for you, and they're going to go off on Offset, they're going to try and sink, uh, you know, sink his album. But, and what I disagree with you on is, I don't think in this world, um, especially with celebrities, there is anything... Um, known as oversharing. <laughs> I think they share everything now. And but maybe Cardi will start to feel like maybe she has overshared in this instance. Maybe she will. Hassan Mariah, Atlanta, Georgia. I definitely feel like it's real. It's not a publicity sign. I feel like when you're you have a family and it's the family dynamic and kids are involved. You, you try to make it work. We honestly don't know what happened. I've seen footage of, you know, different things, and I, I feel like I'm rooting for them. She's not doing it for attention. I mean, it's the, it, this is life where you're just being go, real. Yeah. Well, presidential candidate Nikki Haley has been making a lot of headlines the last couple of days, not necessarily for a good reason, not at all. Uh, in my opinion, because she's now walking back the comment she didn't make about using the word slavery when asked about what the Civil War was about. But all of that walking it back really um, struck a note with one person in particular, and uh, that would be Don Lemon. And you'll recall that uh, the reason it struck a note with Don Lemon is because months ago he had said something about uh, Nikki Haley referring to age uh, when she had said that older candidates should have a competency test and Don said something about her age, and then she went off on him. Well, Don took notice of her sort of backpedaling yesterday. And well, because, well, I should say, because she kind of wanted to make this an etch-a-sketch where it just disappeared. And she said, I, I misspoke. Obviously, slavery is the reason. Everyone knows that, and I just, and she asked for some grace for having misspoke. And that struck Don Lemon a certain way because he was looking for some of that also, and obviously did not get it from Nikki Haley. Uh, so joining us now to talk about Nikki's uh, campaign misstep, if you want to call it that, uh, is Don Lemon. Uh, Don, welcome to TMZ Live. Good to see you, man. 
Hey, it's good to see you guys. Thank you for having me on. I, I, I'm so happy to see you. I gotta say, I, I miss you, Don. Um, I, I love. And I, I, I love. I, I know what you're saying because when you tweeted that thing yesterday about Nikki, it really was like, wow. There's that perspective that we haven't been getting. But you were spot on, I think, in what you said that she's asking for grace. But as you pointed out, she made a lot of money fundraising off of your yeah. comment. Well, listen, that may be a lot of things, but one thing I'm not is a hypocrite, and I thought it was very hypocritical what she did, because I remember the way she treated me when I simply misspoke. And it's you guys do tell live television all the time. I did hours and hours of live television, and sometimes you say the wrong thing. And when you do, what you do is you um, correct it or you apologize and you move on. Well, she didn't do that. And as I said in my tweet, in my, my response to her, is that she immediately um, took me to task uh, on it and then started fundraising off of it and, and started selling merchandise. And I was actually shocked and surprised by it because I know Nikki Haley after she took the flag down in the, the Capitol in South Carolina. I was one of the only people who got to interview her. And I thought that she was, you know, a fairly competent politician and a nice woman. I was at a wedding just last year at, at Keough Island and I ran into her on an airplane. And she stood there and she talked to my fiance for 10, 15 minutes on the plane. But I, so I was surprised by just the sheer um, uh, the hypocrisy of what she did and just her unbridled ambition and she didn't even give me a second chance. I think in my response, I certainly offered her much more grace than she offered me at the time when I had my issue. Don, I, I, I don't want to challenge you on this so much, but are you really surprised that, you know, that, that, that the rap on Nikki Haley is that she is a very determined politician, you know, who is calculating... <clears throat> her various moves. So are you really surprised that she didn't give the equivalent uh, to you that she's asking of her? Well, I wasn't going to talk about it. So listen, you can take me to task, and I actually like it when, when people do that. That's what I'm used to. Uh, so I was, I was surprised at the time that she that, okay, that's over and done with. But then... When she made her comments and she expected people to understand just because she simply went back and clarified it and wanted to move on, I said, well, well that is just sheer hypocrisy. So was I surprised by that? A little bit. I, I, I would hope that our politicians would be better people than that, but I realized that they are politicians. What was stunning to me, though, even more stunning than her hypocrisy, is the fact that she made those comments, Harvey <laughs> and, and Charles. She is the former governor of South Carolina. Do you know what the, the, the very first reason given in the succession notice for South Carolina was what? Is that the North did not want to agree for the expansion of slavery to the West. That was the very first thing. Now, she's the governor of South Carolina. If she does not know that, then she, I think that disqualifies her from being president of the United States. All of our presidents and our politicians should know the history of this country. They should know their history. Republicans have this whole thing, you know, with critical race theory and so on. Maybe they need a little critical race theory, but they certainly need some critical history theory. So but I, I, I want to just say, she, she knows. knows. She knows, yeah, Don, she knows. slavery. When yeah. you, to me, and, and, and it's funny, because I was watching- Of course she knows. I was of course watching, she knows. I, I was watching somebody in your former network and they were talking about, this is a simple question. I yeah. think that misses the point. I think the real point here is when she said afterward, this was a plant from the Democratic Party asking me that question. If the question- That's her MO, that's her MO. 
That's her MO. Right. But, 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 but the thing about that is, if it's a plant, that's a softball question if you're going to answer it directly. The reason yeah. she called it a plant is because she knew that that question would then put her in a box where she would have to somehow appease the base of the MAGA supporters that she wants right. to get. And That's that what it, she was and doing. It, I mean, and it forced her to dance around what she knew. So she's acknowledging yeah. that she was doing the right. dance when right. she You're says that it was a plan. Harvey, you would just have hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. <laughs> I'm surprised that in this day and age that she would say something like that. But yes, you're right. She's trying to appease the MAGA base, just as she uh, will only go so far in criticizing the former president of the United States. Speaking of Donald Trump, I'm curious how you feel about this move to take him off the ballot. It happened in Colorado. Colorado. It's happened now in Maine. Um, I, I, I got to say, Don, I think this helps Donald Trump because yeah. it, it is the Dobbs decision for the MAGA right. You know, yeah, it, it, right, will, right. it will animate them. Uh, I'm yeah. wondering how you feel about all that. I agree with you on that. I, I do think it'll help him. When, when I heard the first one in Colorado, I was like, oh my gosh, this only empowers Donald Trump and his base, and it just energizes him. You know, they're, they're coming after him. He's going to say they're coming after him, and his base is going to say they're coming after him, and that is just going to energize and electrify his base. So I agree with you on that. But on the other hand, it is a constitution. And we're supposed to abide by the Constitution of the United States. Republicans have been, especially the Republicans who support Donald Trump, his base, they've been very hypocritical on that, including the, the people who are in the election as well. When it suits them to follow the Constitution directly, when they want to be constitutional absolutists, it, okay, fine. But then when it doesn't, when, when that Constitution takes Donald Trump off the ballot, then they don't agree with it. Now, I think the best way to beat Donald Trump is to beat him at the election booth on election day. So if I were state legislators or state legislatures, I would not be trying to take Donald Trump off the ballot. I would want the will of the people to be had, let them have their way. And then if they choose to elect Donald Trump, then Donald Trump is elected. But um, I, I don't I, I hope that doesn't happen. I used to not be able to say that. Now I can say that. I hope it doesn't happen because I think he is detrimental to the country. But guess what? A number of people, most of the people who are up on that stage are also detrimental to the country. If you look at what all of them have said, the best person who's up on that stage, who I don't necessarily agree with his politics, is Chris Christie, who is calling everyone out. They don't like him because he is telling the truth about them. They don't have guts. They won't stand up to Donald Trump. And... It is a problem for the electorate. I think, look, I would rather Donald Trump not to be the president of the United States again, but it's a devil you know in many ways. And I think that a Nikki Haley may be much more dangerous than a Donald Trump, because at least you know where Donald Trump stands on issues, and we have lived through a Donald Trump presidency. No one knows what a Nikki Haley will do, especially when it comes to the, a woman's right to choose, when it comes to racism in this country, and when it comes to supporting someone who inspired an insurrection in this country. So I know that's going to be surprising for people to hear, but that is the, my God's honest truth at this point. Hey, Don, can you stick around? We have more yes. to talk to you about. Um, so give us a couple of minutes. Um, we're going to take we'll a quick right break, and we will be back with you.
All right, welcome back to TMZ Live. We uh, are talking to Don Lemon about Nikki Haley, uh, about the things she's said about the Civil War and slavery. And right before we went to break, Don said something that I think is really interesting, that she is actually more dangerous for America than Donald Trump. So uh, let's get back into it. Um, look, the when you look at metrics, um, the country has done pretty well under Biden's watch, but the public doesn't feel that way. I think so much of this, Don, just does have to do with age and perception. Yeah. And I'm wondering, yeah. now that you can kind of take a step back, mm -hmm. do you think Biden should be running for a second term, or do you think, as Bill Maher is suggesting and others, he should pass the torch? That That is a tough question. I, look, I don't think that that Joe Biden came this far and ran for president as many times as he ran to to, certain, to all of a sudden bow out. It, that's left up to Joe Biden. Um, I would say, I, I don't like to really comment on people's age. I don't want to be ageist because I think that Nikki Haley has done a good job of, of that. I don't like to be ageist. And I think that Joe Biden is doing a very good job for the country. The economy is on full, is going full steam ahead. Interest rates are coming down. So look, I'm not endorsing Joe Biden, but if you actually look at what is happening, if you look at the facts, Joe Biden is doing a very good job. So- But, 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 but other well, than, but his other age, than age, people don't- Yeah, other than his age. age it, his age may be an issue. He has said that, and I will I will give you that. He has said it himself that he knows that his age is an issue, but I'm sorry, go on. What did you want to say? I mean, other than age, because I personally, I agree with you that all these metrics are positive, but it's just not the way it's being received. From my, the optics right. of his age, and him acknowledging it, I, I get it, Don, helps, but part of it's it feels like people just- fault. It's his own fault and it's the Democrats' own fault. They don't know, Republicans really know how to take a message, a very simple message and, and, and use it. Build a wall, right? You know, yeah. those kinds of things. Democrats are not, they're just not good at politics. They're bedwetters. They don't, Joe Biden and the Democrats should be out touting the accomplishments of this president every single day on every single cable news channel, on TMZ. They should be all over touting the, the, the accomplishments of this presidency. They should be on all of the conservative channels, as Pete Buttigieg does, as Chris Christie does. Chris Christie's a Republican, but he's speaking the truth. They should be out there touting what they're doing, and so should Joe Biden. Um, so, you know, part of it, I think that a big part of it is the Democrats' fault themselves. Hmm. So, Don, I, I got to tell you, it's been, it's refreshing to hear your perspective again. Totally. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm just oh, wondering. Come on, what, ask the question. I know what you're going. Uh, what, what do you got I'm cooking? Man? Yeah, what do you got soon? cooking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I have not done any media, and I didn't intend to do any media because um, I, I am not on a platform right now. But I, I did this because um, I think you guys do a, a great job, and I. I think it was important to speak the truth about what happened, what Nikki Haley is saying. And of course, the subject of racism and slavery and history, those subjects are very important to me. But I do have something that's in the works that will be announced soon that will give me the freedom to be um, even more outspoken than I have been. And I think that's important uh, these days because you don't get much of it. I have so many friends who call me and say, you know, what every day down when I get off television, I'm wondering if I'm going to get fired because I have to weigh every word you know, 300 times before it comes out of my mouth. People are just so afraid to speak the truth. They're afraid to make mistakes. 
They're afraid that they're going to be castigated. They're afraid that they're going to be canceled. And I think we have to stop that. And so um, the next thing that I do that you'll hear about soon will put me in a position to be able to do that. Oh, that was an enticing clue. Well, all right. I like it. <laughs> all right. That's an well, exclusive you guys have. Uh, all right. I like it. Hey, it is Can so I ask you guys a question? Of course. Every time I land at LAX. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to ask time. a question about Charlie? Is this every <laughs> single time I'm, I'm wearing a hoodie, I wear a hat, mm -hmm. I do whatever, I try to change my name on the manifest or whatever, and you get me every... How the hell do you do that? You're just that, fa you're that famous, dude. <laughs> I mean, what can we say? You need more than a hoodie. I mean, you know, I think you got to wear like a maybe a maybe a mustache or something. You got to step up your costume game. It's always that he's Australian, right? Right, hey, Don. <laughs> hey, it's great talking to you, Don. Really, we're really thrilled to have the time with you. Thank you, guys. It's good to talk to you. You be well. Happy New Year to you. And thank you, Don. And the same to you. Same to you, man. Same to you. Thank that you. was great talking to him. Yes, it was really great. Really good. I, I you, that his. The fact that he, whatever it is he's coming back to, where he's going to be more outspoken, I, 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 can't, awesome. wait, I can't wait to <laughs> hear what great. it is. Chris Harrison, the former host of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, um, he is, uh, has some things to say about The Bachelor, I guess about Bachelor Nation. Um, and you could take some of this as, I think a lot of people will immediately go, this is sour grapes. Sour grapes because he's no longer with the show. Remember, he left. left and, he was kind of forced out, even though he said he left. Um, yeah. He was kind of dealing with a torrent of criticism after his comments about Rachel Kirkconnell and the remember the photos of her and the plantation thing that came up. And he interviewed her, and some people felt like he was really soft on her and um, Gave her more grace, as we were talking about grace. So we haven't heard from him in a long time, and he has chosen now to kind of resurrect the issue. Um, yeah, he was uh, talking about he's talking about his experience working uh, for The Bachelor. This is what he said, and he's on Jason Tartik's um, uh, Trading Secrets podcast. And I don't know, I think if you're a Bachelor uh, fan, you got to listen to some of what he's saying and makes you little introspective about the show. What I went through was tumultuous and I don't wish it on anybody and it was horrifying on a lot of levels and something that I pray to God that my worst enemy never goes through. Um, but with that said, I knew I had to remove myself from what was what became a very toxic situation and I did and that was a difficult situation because uh, it probably in the long run, I probably could have figured it out. We all could have figured it out, but I had to remove myself from that toxic situation. And so I'm proud of that decision. I'm proud that I handled it the way I did. And it, I still look at it as a blessing because it changed my life. Do you know what's interesting about this? He didn't say- He didn't say what? the batch, no. He did not say his experience on The Bachelor was toxic. He's saying his experience the way he was handling out. the Rachel issue that the way the show oh, handled you know it was toxic. Yeah, but you know what? what's interesting here mm. is Chris had initially said when all this was going down back in the day that he thought that him and show executives could figure this out, they could get through it, and almost implied that maybe they could find a way f to bring him back to the show at some point, maybe after a pause or something. So it's interesting that he's reversed course. Now, obviously, he's lived a few years now not working on the show, but it's interesting that this these conversations didn't come up from Chris to the public like, why is it taking so many years later for him to say this? I just... I initially thought, and when I when I read it, 
it's, I thought he was talking about the, the show. show. No, but I, as I hear it, I think it, he's, he's talking, talking about the experience, about the experience of, with Rachel. Right. Now, later in the interview, he does talk about saying he, he felt like the show kind of lost after he left. That but that's they'd, different. They had lost, yeah, and, and he was, didn't say it was toxic. He just said seemed like they were trying to figure some things out. And he acknowledges that they have now and that uh, they have had a huge hit uh, with, with the Golden, Golden Bachelor. Bachelor. So but... He did have some positive things to say about The Bachelor, but, but I agree have, with you. Yeah. He's talking, but, but is he being critical of the way the executives I think so. No, handled I think, him? I think he was, but it's very different from saying the that whole the experience itself. was yes. toxic. Yeah. Hey, this is Whitney from Atlantic City, New Jersey, and it really just goes to show you that reality TV is toxic for everybody, whether you're the contestant, you're the host, production, you're getting scrutinized in the public, but unfortunately for most people, they can't say that they have no hard feelings because their lives have changed financially. So I'm glad that he got a benefit out of that, and I'm wondering if he's basically saying that this next chapter of his life is the best one yet. Yeah, we don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know that he's... Maybe he much. and Don are doing something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on. Yes, uh, to Mama June and uh, what some people felt they saw uh, on social media when she was on uh, TikTok, doing a, a TikTok Live, and the feeling that a lot of viewers <laughs> they walked away from this from thinking that she was doing some kind of drugs while she was uh, on this TikTok Live. Um, I think they thought she was smoking something. Because she's leaning down, um, and at, at a point you see her head almost disappears from camera sight. Yeah. So um, she's she, uh, offended by that. She is offended by that, and she takes issue with it. Yeah, personally, because of the fact that she um, has been sober. And she was clear. So this is what her response, once she saw what people were saying about her uh, TikTok Live, she said, I have been straight sober since January 27th, 2020. I don't do drugs, I don't smoke cigarettes, and I don't even drink. Obviously she went on TikTok Live last night and we, we got an influx of tips this morning. People also said she like rubbed her nose, so they thought maybe she was sniffing something off camera. But we reached out to her and she just wants to be very clear that not only is she sober, has been sober since 2020, but I guess for her show, she has to do these drug screenings and she claims she's never failed a drug screening. And what you're actually seeing in the video is she was cooking at the time and I guess she's blind in one eye. So she was actually right. going down so she could read the comments in the TikTok Live, which makes sense. Oh. Oh, she's read. I guess. What is that thing that in one. her hand? But it also seemed what? like she was eating at the time. Like she know? was no, she was cooking, Charles. I, no, I know, but I mean, she's also like it seems like she's chewing something. At well, in point. the very beginning, she drinks something out of a straw. So I think I mean she's I multitasking the straw may, here. And yeah. the straw may have been a signal for people watching casually there was something else, and making right. assumptions. Hi, I'm Amina from Cliffwood, New Jersey, and, you know, I really hope she wasn't doing drugs, but it did look like she was. She could be telling the truth, though. Anything could have happened. Yeah, but but you got to think Again, about it, too. Why would she do that, go on TikTok and do that? So that's why I'm inclined to believe her on this. Right. This is uh, one of those special treats, uh, definitely for both of us, yes. and for many of you, uh, most of you who were lucky enough to watch MASH either in the original uh, first run or, it is, look, the show still <laughs> is on streaming. It played on reruns on cable for years. It's, and it's never been off the, off the air. And always relevant. Always relevant. Such an incredible show. So they are, are celebrating the 40th anniversary uh, wow. of the, the show ended in 83. And the cast is reuniting uh, for a two-hour special airing on Fox Monday night. 
Uh, it is called MASH, the comedy that changed television. And it really, really did in so many ways. Uh, you know, uh, uh, same ways we were talking about uh, all of the, sh a couple all of weeks ago, family. all of the shows that yeah. um, all Norman, the family, Norman Lear. And Norman yeah. Lear did. Uh, this really was an incredibly groundbreaking show. And just to remind you, for people who weren't alive at the moment, when this show ended, it was, and still is to this day, 40 years later, the highest rated telecast in the history of television. 77% of the country was watching the finale of MASH. So it was, to say it was beloved is it's an a understatement. huge understatement. Yeah. So joining us right now, uh, one of the stars who you'll see on that special, and if you watch MASH, you saw him, uh, Mike Farrell, who played BJ Honeycutt. He is joining us right now. Mike, welcome to TMZ Live. Hey, Mike. Hi, thanks for having me with you. It's, uh, it's fun. It is our honor. Oh, it is so our honor. I, I got to say, I, it's, it's hard for me to believe, although I guess I looked at my driver's license and it's true. It's been 40 years. Never do that. It's been 40 <laughs> years. Um, yeah. What strikes me so much, and I, I love your show, I, and I'm not using past tense because it stayed with me. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering, with all that's happened in the world, your show, in many ways, is as relevant, if not more, today with everything that's going on in the world. And I'm wondering if you see it the same way, because most shows, they feel dated over time. Yours feels just as relevant. I agree. Um, you know, we were talking about the Korean War, but there have been, unfortunately, no dearth of wars since that time. And, and I think the show really spoke to more than that. It wasn't just that people put on uniforms and went off to war. Everybody who ever left home for some reason uh, and left his or her loved ones behind um, understood what we were talking about. It was a heartbreaking thing to do, but it was necessary to do. Well, the thing that, you know, is the title of the special says, the comedy that changed television. The fact that you guys, and I know this is something you've heard over the years about the show that was so, I found brilliant about it, is that you really were able to laugh. The audience was able to laugh, even though it was set in a, the in setting a was in a war zone, and uh, it's um, remarkable writing and acting that did that. I, I, did you guys feel that as you're doing it, that like, wait, we're all <laughs> having laughs here, but look at where we are. Yeah, well, absolutely. So we got the gang together. We sat in our little hut on the set, and we talked about the meaning of the show and how significant it was and, and what impact it was having, really literally around the world. And just said, re-dedicated uh, ourselves, I guess you'd say, to uh, to making sure that we did it. We did honor to the people we were talking about, the people we were representing, and also to everybody who's ever had a dream about being away from home or being away from your loved ones or being in a war, and particularly those who were uh, in a war. Uh, so we felt, yeah, we were having fun. Uh, but we felt it was very serious uh, stuff we were doing, and we had to be uh, we, we had to maintain the integrity of the show. There were a lot of undertones, really significant undertones, um, where you didn't hit people in the face with uh, with you know comments, with you know views, but those undertones were there, and and they were so powerful. I'm wondering, in the climate today, where everybody is afraid to take chances. Could they do MASH today? I doubt it. 
um, you you well, you know, they're they're doing some things. Uh, forgive me for saying this off uh, the networks uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that are, are, are uh, touching on some live wires, but uh, the networks are being still being pretty careful. And I don't I don't think you could do mash again. It's really kind of interesting, yeah. isn't it, that in a way things have gone backwards, that you look at All in the Family, which preceded you guys by a couple of years, and then you look at MASH, and, it, and right. television was pushing the envelope, and it feels like they've retreated. I agree. Um, you know, uh, Norman was an extraordinary man and, and was created a revolution in television, and Larry Gelbart and, and Gene Reynolds and Burt Metcalf, who were responsible for our show, did the same. They saw the possibilities here, and they said, we need to do this, and they did it, and I was just lucky enough to be part of it. Thank you for being with us and for making such an incredible show uh, that people are still enjoying uh, on streaming now. It's on Hulu, and people watch it all the time. It's specials Monday night. Yeah, and Monday night on Fox, MASH, the comedy that changed television. Mike, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Mike. Thanks a lot. I love this job sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, I know what you mean. That's uh, one of those moments that it's a perk. I would never have thought yep. I'd be talking to Mike Farrell. Some good news. Pete Davidson uh, seems yep. to be doing just fine. Uh, there were a lot of concerns uh, about Pete, who we know has in the past been open about battling depression. Um, but he had canceled some shows um, and just without reason. And you know, no reason was given and nobody had seen him. Well, we got some video of him out in New York City, and gotta say, he seems he seems fine. Seems fine. Seems yeah, yeah. So there's Pete, and he's clearly going strong with Madeline Klein. You know, she's the girl from Outer Banks. They, I think, they started dating in like September, but we hadn't seen them, you know, in months. So kind of was unclear if they were even still dating. So clearly, that's still going strong. And uh, the the person uh, who was there said, you know, he was just picking up coffee, seemed in a good mood, but still kind of weird because he hasn't given any reason as to why these shows were canceled. But he looks fine. Hoping the best for him. Whatever the reason is that he canceled those shows, and. Um, Hopefully he'll be out there again soon. Yep. Hi, I'm Rudy Ledbetter from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Pete deserves the flexibility to cancel shows and prioritize his well-being. Managing the unpredictable and debilitating challenges of Crohn's disease alongside mental health struggles has to be incredibly demanding. It's truly remarkable how much Pete manages to accomplish. And Harvey, I love the selfie tour. Oh, wow. You took it? I took the tour. A couple months ago, my brother and I went. I wow. love that. It's been open. Awesome. You got good, you got good shots? Great shots. That was great. <laughs> that bus. That bus. I'm telling I'll you. Tell I you. love the selfie tour and the TMZ celebrity tour. Okay, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hi, this is Alexandria Armstrong from Warner Robins, Georgia. I just wanted to let you guys talk about a little bit about Gypsy Rose. I am so excited to see that she is out, that she is buying clothes. She's already got her first selfie on Instagram. A lot of people are saying, leave her alone. But you know, we don't really know what she wants to do right now. So we might see her on Love After Lockup. Or she may just, I think everybody is just rooting for her. Absolutely uh, healing and absolutely best. But Love After Lockup, that would be a fabulous, oh, what, boy, that's a, that's an, that's a score for them if they got it. Uh, I'm sure it's not gonna happen. Producer's probably reaching out. Not gonna I don't happen. think it's gonna happen. Uh, one more. Oh, my name is Janelle Benoit. I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I'm talking about Cardi B. And one thing's for sure, you can't scream cry and then expect people to be happy when you're sneaking around with your ex-husband. We've seen this story over and over again. It's not her ex. Not her ex. About to be her ex, hopefully. Okay. I want more for Cardi. I want better for Cardi. I want 
Cardi to turn offset off <laughs> and leave them alone and walk away. I just want them, if they want to be back together, that's fine. She but. just can't quit him. Yeah. Well, a couple months after the arrival of baby Rocky, Courtney uh, Kardashian and Travis Barker finally got a night out. You know, they recently had shared those photos uh, we don't of see Rocky. The, we don't see the baby yet. We were talking about this when you were gone. What's the deal? No, they did show the baby. Nah, you don't see the full baby. I want to see the baby's face, okay? Oh, you want to see the face. Well, you're still not going to get to see the face. You are going to see mom and dad, though, celebrating the holidays with the family. This is the big, the annual Kardashian. They have a, a family bash, and where the heck is that? Is this that is at Kim's house. That's Kim's house. Oh, right, right. But they were dressed up. If you're having a family party, do you dress you, up this way? Don't you want to go a little more casually? I, not them. Not that. You, you, you yeah. know what? I know what it is too, because I did objectified with Chris Jenner. Right. Um, her mother always felt like you dress up for things, and that was passed on to her, and I think then passed on to her kids. So it's a thing with that family about dressing up. Well, they look great, kind of like us. You and know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, happy New Year, everybody. Yes, have a great New Year, and uh, we will see you. I guess, as they say, next year. <laughs>